1: Something strange on your radio, you know it's Ghost Chronicles. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, bloody, bloody, bloody. And with me, all the way from across the pond, is the most exquisite. <laughs> That's about all I got. <laughs> uh, Steve Parsons. <laughs>
0: We say it's hot over. Yeah, you've run out of steam. Do you know, we're going to have to change the intro. We'll just do Welcome to Ghost Chronicles, yada, yada, yada. He's there, yeah. I'm here, and our guest is there. So, yeah. We actually
1: so, had somebody complain that it, the opening was too long. So Yeah, I'm not surprised. For that, for that one Didn't person, on. I, I, I did that for him. So, there you okay. go. So, Please. you all listen to Ghost Chronicles right here on Tojinet, Parax, Planet Paranormal, Astronet and Everything the ghost happens. yeah so anyways uh, we got an interesting show today according to Steve uh, he, was, <laughs> he was lucky enough at least uh, I got it as a guest that's true he was lucky for enough
2: for the moment <laughs> you can't guarantee she's going to stay
1: <laughs> wait a minute who is that is
0: that a ghostbuster stop being misogynistic Ron. oh really <laughs>
1: Anyways, uh, we got a great show tonight, and uh, we have a special guest, and she has been on the show before. And just to show you, we like to have both sexes on the on the show, not just uh, whatever. Anyway, she is a close, whatever they are now. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, she is the most respected uh, paranormal investigator or researcher. And she is the co-founder of Parascience, and she has coloured hair, and she is Anne Winsper.
2: Good evening. She's Good also evening. Very, very, very warm and overheating.
1: We're, well, having I,
2: a, we're having our one day of British summer, and it's a British, bit too
1: much. 75 degrees, is that what it is?
2: Uh, it's about 88
1: to 90. Yeah. Oh, that's not hot.
2: It is for Britain. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay, remember, we're at the same latitude where they have polar bears.
1: Mm-hmm. That's interesting for the polar bears, I'm sure. Uh, so, anyways, you guys actually got Ghostbusters before us, but I, I can't figure out why. Why do you? Why did, is that? Because you left the EU? Is that you get? You know, yeah. just to make sure yeah. you saw it before you get cut off by the rest of the world.
0: Yeah, we had it four days before the entire world because we're now not part of the European Union.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, we're talking about. We're talking of course about the. uh, Documentaries. Yeah, documentary (laughs) um, or mockumentary. Ghostbusters three is it or is it four? No, three, right? Uh, No, Ghostbusters the reboot.
0: It's just called Ghostbusters. It's differentiated from the other one now by saying Ghostbusters
1: 2016 what you know why you know they things? do the word reboot, which means, okay, we don't have to pay any attention to the first one other than steal the name for it, and uh, we can do anything we want, which which irritates a lot of people to pure yeah, it. except that they didn't. Um,
0: as we review the film, you'll find that they didn't, in fact, ignore the first film.
1: Okay. So why don't we get into this a little bit, and uh, I'll let you take the lead in this, since I have not seen it, so therefore... Well, I mean, the
0: the film, it,
1: it's been controversial right from
0: the very start because there were, uh, it was the highest number of dislikes on YouTube um, from the trailers, the two trailers that came out, uh, got the highest number of dislikes ever of any cool. film. There were accusations of um, sex hate and misogyny. Oh. By by actually by the producer uh, the director Paul Feig and others associated with the film because oh. of the cast being it's made up of four females um, and the secretary role is played by the uh, by a male. Of so course. so yeah, it got off to a to a flying start.
2: Even uh, twenty minutes ago, I was reading a comment by someone who said. I loathe this film from the top of my skull to the bottom of my toes. I haven't seen it yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What was also interesting is a lot of the uh, YouTube channels that do film reviews and previews were discussing the trailer. And what was actually significant is quite a a large number of them are actually female reviewers, and they also universally disliked the trailer. Um, Now, I went to see it last... Wednesday, um, and, and you saw it the day, two days ago I saw
2: it Friday.
0: You saw it Friday. Yeah,
1: wait, wait, and, you have to wear glasses, though, right?
0: Uh, well, I saw the 3D version of it. It's also available in 2D, but you, you have a choice. You can have an option of which version. I thought I'd go for the full Ghostbuster experience. I went uh, for
2: the 3D IMAX, so they're all about 40 foot high.
0: Yeah, so, so we both had the full Ghostbuster experience, and I went with, with Kat, my wife, uh, and we were... I was looking forward to seeing it. You know, it, give it a fair crack of the whip. I I went in. Uh, I knew, obviously, I'm a fan of the earlier movies, and I came out and I rated it a 6. 6 out of 10. And Kat rated it a 7. But on uh, the corner on the way home... Sir. Uh, no, I'm just out of ten. Um, in the car on the way home, we had a conversation about the um, about the film and our uh, impressions. But Anne, uh, what, what did you give it a rating?
2: Uh, I probably gave it higher than you. I think I probably gave it an eight. I just really enjoyed it.
0: You did? Well, that actually yeah. might work out along the lines of the conversation we had afterwards, because for me, it it was very much like a chick flick. Um and I was
1: going to say because you know, you know, both uh, females that saw it uh, gave it higher ratings to you. Yes. Yeah. So uh, um, yeah. I, I
0: very much got the impression that it would appeal to to the female audience because of the way it was. I, for me, um, I mean, the story is essentially the, the same story as the original film, um, with a with a sort of twist here and there. But it is essentially the same story. Um, but for me, it seemed rather like a series of comedy sketches, a series of set piece comedy sketches linked together by a weak thread. And I ended up, uh, obviously I was laughing at the, comedy set, the, the set comedy uh, elements, but I, it, was, it was those. And then waiting for the next cameo role by one of the original cast. Oh, cool. Uh, but, but in between times, it was very, very weak. But we both, on the way home, we both said um, the film completely fell apart in the last 15 or 20 minutes.
2: I must admit, the last, the end was not good. I didn't enjoy that bit. But then I watched the first one again before I went to watch this one, and I thought, oh dear... <laughs> Bill Murray is like the biggest sex pest you've ever seen in your life, and it's only looking back on it you think, oh heck, if that came out today, it wouldn't have been as popular
1: as it was then. Oh, I think it would have. I would have.
0: I I don't know. One thing I I don't know if you have comedies in America uh, like Dad's Army or Forty Towers. You can revisit the comedy. I love
1: Forty Towers.
0: Well, it's a sort of comedy that you can revisit twenty or thirty times, and you know you know exactly what they're going to say. You know what the joke is, and yet it's still funny. I really can't see this film doing that.
1: Yeah, but I, the, I, biggest, I know that, the
0: biggest I problem know, for the film.
1: My, my favorite film, of course, is is Christmas Vacation, and I see that so many times. Oh, I know practically all the lines, but I laugh all the time on it, and that I, to me makes the film. Uh, oh. it, but so the first one, I agree with you, had it. The second film, by the way, I didn't think was as good as the first one. And uh, if I had a choice to see a film right away, I would grab the first one right away without hesitating. Uh, so I, how would you rank it compared to the the other two? I mean, is it as good as the first one? Is it good as the second? One? Or is it better than all three?
2: I would th- put the first one as the best, and I personally would put this one as the second best.
1: Now,
0: okay. I, would, I, I very much like the second film. Mm. I thought that the comedy elements of Ghostbusters 2, um, which a lot of people do dislike. A lot of the Ghostbuster fans actually, uh, I was surprised that they do dislike it. And yet, it's, I I, I, I had trouble separating Ghostbusters 1 and 2 because, in their own ways, they're both just as funny for me. Mm. Uh, but what's really spoiled... I mean, I, I love Chris Hemsworth um, playing Kevin, the... the, the secretary role, the Janine role in this film. I thought he was incredibly funny and as a normally serious actor and probably remembered for his role in Thor he was... He delivered the comedy brilliantly, playing the male blonde, you know, the stereotypical blonde bimbo, and I, I, you know, I got really into his character, as indeed I did with Holtzman, uh, who's the nerdy inventor behind some of the gadgets. The gadgets I thought were very weak, in particular.
1: Oh, that's uh, what I was going to ask you about the gadgets. But uh... well, one
0: in particular was was very, very disappointing. The, the tech was okay except for the PKE meter it looked like somebody had just gone out to um, a dollar store and bought some kids Halloween or, or Fourth of July toy one of these things that um, were LED lights spin around um, and that's all it ever that's all the PKE meter did in the film it was it was a kid's toy there was no design behind it at all it was very very weak but for me it, it was that last 15, 20 minutes. It looked like they just run out of ideas, and, and so what are we going to do? Well, we've got some CGI budget left over, and yeah, uh, we're
1: running out of money. So let's wrap this up quick.
0: Yeah, let's let's have a big battle and have lots of CGI. because yeah, we don't that's... want to
1: give. We definitely don't want to give any of the uh, information on the show away. For we don't. Yeah, want to... we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Spoiler no, we alert! Don't. If no, you we don't. don't want to know what's on the show,
0: turn off this podcast and wait a week.
1: Well, here you go. I'm <laughs> going to disconnect right now.
0: But we're trying desperately not to uh, give too much away. We won't give out the good bits, but um, there were some good cameos, I think, Anne.
2: Oh, yes. It was fun spotting all the cameos, I have to say. There's only one thing. You said you really liked Holtzman. I've developed an irrational hate of her because she's got the same glasses that I've got. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really annoyed me now. I can't... Well, I am still going to wear my glasses, but if anyone calls me her, they're going to get a slap that's,
1: on the nose. Good. There you go.
0: There's a scene which is given away by one by the trailer anyway, so I can talk about it, um, where Holtzman appears in a hat with the glasses... And, wig, and do you know what? I still can't watch that scene or the trailer without going, It's Anne! Luckily, <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so
2: it. it. despite sorry, me hating sorry. her, she was my favourite character, so that worked it's, out quite well.
0: She was incredibly funny. But what's, I, the one I did, everybody, a lot of the reviewers were raving over Erin Gray, who was the physicist. And I, I for the life of me couldn't figure out what she was even in the film for. Um, her character was very, very weak. She was, and it it was very clear that some of the lines she was trotting out, uh, the screenwriters had obviously gone off to James Randi's website and downloaded a few sound bites. <laughs> uh, but she was there was no conviction or, or there, was, there was nothing behind it, and it was just. Well, she was just a foil for Melissa McCarthy, you know, who was incredibly funny. But I'm afraid for me, Leslie Jones was the stereotypical um, black woman, this sort of loud, yo mama, in-your-face New York black woman. And and it was a very unfortunate role. It was a very, you know, she played it well and she was funny, but it wasn't necessary. It didn't, again, it didn't add anything to the film. Melissa McCarthy was fantastic, um, I would say, Kevin was brilliant. Holtzman was, well, I mean, every year, she was just incredibly funny. But, but also, I just kept getting reminded of Anne. <laughs> <laughs> and the cameos were fantastic, but it was the ending. It was like, what do we do now? We've got 20 minutes of the, of the film left and no budget.
1: That's Let's true. make a video game. So, Anne, I want to ask you uh, a question. As far as the tech in this thing, uh, did it come up a notch, or I mean, did it progress? Or was it just just not the same equipment? Or, or oh, what Oh gosh, was it? no.
2: It was it was equipment made for amusing film. It was nothing. It bore no resemblance to any proper tech. It was just let's make things that look good on film, which. I was quite okay with because they were never going to make it with any sort of basis behind this. For a start, they've got no role models in television mainly to follow, have they? So I just, I took it as a, I'm not even going to worry about the fact that it's ghost hunting. I'm just going to watch it and see if I enjoy it.
0: And I did. The tech from the tech aspect, it wasn't it wasn't the fact it didn't exist that upset that that irritated me. And there was only one bit of tech that did irritate me. And it was that damn PKE meter because it just <laughs> looked like it was a kid's toy, you know. I mean, at least in the original. Yes, but years Steve, ago.
2: half the paranormal investigators out there are
0: it using kids, a kids' toys. toys. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, you can see where the marketing was going with that with that idea of the PKE meter. It was like let's make something that they can sell in Toys R Us. Um, whereas previously it looked like um, you know with the PKE meters they put a little bit of thought into it. I mean Dan Aykroyd, his father is seriously and, and indeed Dan Aykroyd himself are both you know well versed in the, the you know grounded in the paranormal, mm-hmm. um, and that didn't come across that the screenwriters this time were or were. Um, that well-versed in the subject ma- material. Plus, I think the other thing as well is that in the original two films, the, the uh, on-screen actors um, were involved in writing of the script and developing the script. Oh, yeah, you had some great talent there. So you had some, you had some fantastic talent. And also, um, which wasn't known until much later on, a lot of the script was ad-libbed in the original films. You know, they, they, they went into, into filming with an idea and just basically made it up as they went along. Here, they would, to my impression, they were delivering very much set-piece jokes, um, you know, comedy sketches.
1: Bill Murray's notorious for that, anyways. Well, he God wasn't living. in this film. <laughs>
0: yeah. It didn't look very much like he wanted to be there. <laughs> no, <laughs> <'cause> he
1: didn't. <laughs> When they, originally, when they originally were going to do it, they were going to do it with the original cast as much as they could, but uh, he was the big holdout, I understand, right? Uh,
0: there was, during that Sony uh, email scandal when a lot of uh, the Sony servers got got hacked, a number of emails did relate to this film, and it did show that Sony had applied some contractual pressure to members of the cast to get them to... Uh, turn up for cameo roles in this film, and it. it yeah, was, but I'm it,
1: talking about the original film in, in itself. There w- was going to be, it was not at all phenomenon. It was originally oh, no. going to be, be the the original crew, but they could never get it together. No, that's right. And but there
0: was there was a very different script that was re, that right. was uh, hinted at. Well, in fact, they openly discussed eventually, uh, written by Harold Ramis, um, mm-hmm. and that's the one that Bill Murray directed. Um, which which had a very different story. I would have been Ghostbusters three, a continuation of the original story, not a reboot that we ended up with. It was it was a good film, you know. It 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 was a very enjoyable comedy film, but I don't think it's ever destined to be a classic.
1: Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I'm a purist, and you know, I go back to even the original Star Trek and. Uh, You know, it was very difficult for me to go beyond that. Uh, I'm so much of a loyalist and purist that, you know, that's the way it is. And uh, I think they should just go to something new and totally different than uh, than try to, uh, you know, even call it the same thing. But I hate reboots, so that that kills that. Anyway, uh, that's why I will not see it until it...
0: Well, 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 hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's something else we want to talk about related to the film, and that's um, the merchandising. Because both Anne and I have built the new Lego Ecto One. What's wrong with it? It's not as good as the original. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, Anne? <laughs> no, it
2: isn't. It still looks pretty good outside the firehouse.
0: It does. Uh, which will be, and it's no spoiler because they've already given it away. Which will be in the Ghostbusters two reboot sequel thing. Mm. Um, but Lego, along with, do you know, I went out at the weekend um, to um, one of the big ta- the big cities in Wales, and I was surprised at how little merchandising is out there for Ghostbusters.
1: Oh, we have tons of it here in the US. It's
0: nothing over here. Absolutely tons nothing. Of it. There's a few Twinkie bars, There's, uh, but there's just no merchandising. I don't know, is it the same up in Liverpool, then? Well, biggest.
2: we've got all the stuff that we've already bought, the Build-A-Bear stuff and the Lego stuff, and that's about it, really. Yeah,
0: it's just, I mean, you compare it to Marvel or Star Wars or Spider-Man, and we walked the length and breadth of Swansea and couldn't find any merchandising related to the, fil- the new film at all. Hmm. Very, very surprised by that.
1: And so uh, I want to talk to uh, you guys a little bit uh, before... Well, what, anything else you want to say about the new film before we go into some Make of the... Make sure
2: the- you watch it right to the end. Don't leave very halfway through the credits. Ed-
0: <laughs> yeah, very ed- Yeah,
1: they sneak those in all the time now.
0: <laughs> yeah. And watch it in 3D because it's the 3D is pretty cool. Oh, cool.
1: So anyways, going back to even the original film... Uh, and we saw the tech that that uh, they used in the the film. Is there any slight uh, scientific? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, validity to any of it? Oh yeah, I mean
0: absolutely. The the, the there was work done on uh, proton packs. And ghost traps back in the nineteen eighties, I believe, Anne. That's correct, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, using, you know, using uh, very. The, the problem they had was power. Uh, they couldn't deliver the high power. I mean, obviously, we can't put nuclear accelerators on our back. <laughs> uh, um... Why not? There you go, Anne. <laughs> there you go. Um, I, I've got. Well, a down to the lead repro- shielding, wasn't it? I've
2: got a reprocessing plant two miles from my house. There you go. go. Plenty
0: of raw material. I always thought it was down to the weight issues over the lead shielding.
2: Yeah, the lead was a bit too heavy. That did cause a few problems.
0: But, you know, I mean, certainly the Society for Psychical Research were heavily involved in developing proton packs and ghost traps back in the 1980s. Um, The work by, you know, Alan In fact,
2: the idea came up a bit before that, didn't it? It was in the 70s that they originally started talking about doing it.
0: That's right. Um, I, and we use other people, like the PKE meter. I mean, that probably goes back to, I would say, the 60s. Uh, there were early experiments using PKE meters in the 60s to detect the psychic emanations, emanations of spirits and to cl- and also to try and classify them. The classification system that you hear on the film Ghostbusters, uh, full-frame class 5, full-frame uh, f- uh, vaporous apparition, etc., etc., they're all proper classifications as used by the Society for Psychical Research and its American counterpart, to classify people's experiences in the fight against
1: uh, para- the paranormal. Mm, that's interesting. Now the uh, you, you mentioned the P- PKE medium. We use that term a lot, uh, and there may, might be some people who are not familiar with it. So, can you kind of explain what the theory is, uh, what it is, and, and what's the theory of uh, that in the paranormal? Yeah, that's uh, cool. go ahead. <laughs> well,
2: you you've done far more of the research on it than me you're the you're the tacky person i just follow in your wake and- I <laughs> hope I don't break it all. I usually break it. More <laughs> well, guinea pigness. So I'll never forgive you for that helmet with all the coils around
0: it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rob wants to talk to you about that after the break. The psychokinetic energy meter um, was actually, I, it goes back a long, long way, uh, the PKE meter. Uh, and there have been various incarnations of it down the years. Um, I think, I mean, obviously, the ones that you see in the film are, are idealized, highly sort of. Uh, Hollywoodized versions of the PK but it was because there is you know, uh, there is uh, a belief that people uh, have that that ghosts give off energy uh, and that they emit energy um, that is well within the rules of the laws of physics, and that this energy can be detected by these PKE meters and devices, and then that can be used then to track the ghost. It can also be used as I think there was a guy up in Boston uh, had, had developed was a ghost trap using okay. the same using the same principle whereby you kind of reverse the energy, um, and instead of the energy being emitted by the by the phantasm. Uh, the same energy is used then to entrap it and to contain it and to uh, you can then once you've contained it and entrap it you can, can of course re- uh, remove it
1: well you know that's the interesting thing we talk about ghost traps and and I was going to ask you if, if it is at all uh, you know is there any validity to them at all and you kind of mentioned that perhaps there is if of course we knew what ghosts
0: were. I think there's good evidence that we know what
1: ghosts are, aren't there? We do. There is? Well, there's certainly been enough research on this over the years
2: that we do have some idea
1: about what's going on. Do we know? know, uh, It's easy to say we know what's going on, but uh, what is a ghost composed of? We know what we're composed of, but...
0: Primarily of energy, and, uh, and the, vi- the visible form of energy, of course, is in the ectoplasm, um, which is it consists mostly of protons. Protons are um, matter, mm-hmm. so of course, you know, they have weight. They have it has. Um,
2: hence the reason they can not only manifest ectoplasm, but they can actually move things as well.
0: And that's knock off the... things and push exactly. things. But, of course, energy, the E equals MC squared equation applies because this energy is also transferable then back into energy again in, in, um, and allows the, the, the phantom, the ghost, to penetrate, to walk through objects, to penetrate doors and walls, um, but also to, by manipulating the energy um, to effectively become a game matter and then interact solidly, knock on things and push things and move things. This is the sort of stuff that CERN have been exploring in Switzerland.
1: So, I mean, how, if we, we is the same energy that's contained in our body, then is that what we're saying? If if we believe that goes are the uh, what the intelligence of our the soul of humans, what? Well,
0: we're getting into an area of uh, I think it's more Anne's territory uh, dealing with consciousness.
1: Um, there you I mean, go, consciousness. That's the term. Just, was
0: it? I mean, there's no doubt that you know ghosts, uh, uh, spirits appear to the dead appear to interact with the living. I mean, we can speak to us. Not all the times. Well, they can speak to us through a lot of these psychophones and boxes.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, there are, you know, uh, there are of. Uh, Uh, reports of non-interactive ghosts uh, where there's no interaction between themselves and uh, humans. But
0: aren't there also uh, reports of non-interactive humans? It all depends Uh, on the energy
1: levels. Only the Brits... Uh, but anyways, we have to take a break right now, thank God. Uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parson and Ron Kalk, And our special guest is Ian Winspire. We've reviewed the new Ghostbuster movie for better or worse. And we'll be right back after the following messages.
0: Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place
1: an oasis in this hectic world. Shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal,
2: the Paris family.
0: They're strange deranged, unrestrained.
1: So grab your favorite rule, it's time to run to-
0: at this point. It went take 6,958. No, we got rid of that. Yeah, we got rid of that one. Welcome back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International, uh, where if you've tuned in now, you've missed us talking about the documentary Ghostbusters. Thank um, God. Thank God. Um, and uh, with our special guest, co-founder of Parascience and probably very nearly a doctor of psychology, Anne Winsper. And we're going to go on to that side of what we do, because it's conference season in the fall. That's the autumn for listeners this side of the Atlantic, and where we have to go and present stuff to people who really don't care uh, about what we're doing. That sounds interesting. But and this is, that's right. Yeah, and this is our 10th, uh, not mine, uh, I think it's actually his 10th consecutive year of presenting at conferences. I've had a couple of uh, missed years because I couldn't think of anything to say, um, and my work is never near as important or as dull as a psychologist's. Um, but it's ten years, isn't it? And since we started this, nonsense. it's ten years. Ten years. Who'd have thought it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we. I mean, you've got to think that's actually a very good record for what is essentially a very small, little paranormal amateur paranormal group. Um, to have successfully presented uh, at every uh, you know, academic conference over the past 10 years. Sometimes we've presented twice, sometimes... We've we presented
2: uh... three times.
0: <laughs> Was that, that's right. <laughs> um, and we have more than one conference this year. We also have um, uh, the Asso- Association for the Scientific... Actually, the, the sort of like the Labour Party of the paranormal world, uh, ASAP. Uh, the Association for the Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomena and Petty Bickering—they uh, have their seriously strange uh, conference uh, the week after the Society for Psychical Research, and we've both been good timing. Yeah, we've both been invited to uh, guest speak at their conference also because it's the 35th anniversary. God bless them. So, what are you? What do? You, what are your plans for the uh, conference season? And- we have you actually written it yet?
2: No. <laughs> I haven't even gathered the data for it yet.
0: <laughs> actually, Which... for, for, yeah, for listeners, I should just point out that Anne usually does it, um, and I normally get hysterical text messages in the 24 hours running up to uh, the conference um, to say that she's just about finished it.
2: Yeah. I made a mistake last year. I listened to somebody else and ended up messing it up. So this year I'm going to buy, go back to the trial... True, tried, tested method of writing it all the night before.
0: There yeah. you go. Actually, you've completed them. I recall Winchester and others where you've completed them in your room the day of.
2: Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I that? find I concentrate better under pressure.
0: <laughs> that's,
1: your that's...
2: life is your life's no better because I'm always shouting at you, but it does make me get the work
0: done. That's true. Although I <clears throat> I, I have a different approach. I get mine done months in
1: advance. Hmm. Um, well, I've always me. I've always done what ended, and even through college, uh, is the last minute. That's I need the pressure, so yeah. it's always.
0: Well, but I like things. I, I like mine the other way around. I get my presentation written several weeks before because I know that I'll, come the day of the conference, I'm going to get a very stressed text message. Uh, even before the conference starts, saying where am I going to park the car?
2: Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, anyways... Uh, I'm very Ian,
2: good at academic stuff, but actually getting to places and living <laughs> in the real world, I find quite difficult. Uh,
0: so, uh, my job is to get there 24 hours or 12 hours beforehand, so and scope out the car park <laughs> and then be on hand to guide. <laughs> there you go.
1: So, Anne, you have been working on uh, EVPs, I understand, and uh, yeah. I was curious of how your research on, on it has been coming.
2: Um, The research has been going really well. Um, I seem to be able to show that people who experience EVPs, I can actually predict which people are more likely to report EVPs just from psychological characteristics. Um, There seems to be quite a bit of evidence there, which... Mm -hmm. I am now moving into the second part of my study, which I need participants for. So I'm doing a bit of a shout out for participants. You have to listen to things and tell me what you can hear. Now, unfortunately, this is only open to people in the UK because I have to carry the equipment round. So unless you want to pay to fly me over, in which case I will do some experimentation with you, I'm Mm -hmm. afraid it's all in the UK at the moment. However, if anyone does want to help with the research, if you visit our webpage at parascience.org.uk, there is a link there to some questionnaires that you can do, which also feed into the research.
0: So, which you can do if you're an international listener.
2: Indeedy. Yeah. doesn't matter Excellent. where you live, you can do that one.
1: Excellent. Bring some uh, questionnaires over here, Steve. We'll do them about spur course when you come here in September. Yeah, we did last year. Did anybody fill them out? Um,
0: Anne, did anybody fill them out, the ones I took over last year?
2: A few. Not many, Maybe but a few. There, yes. But this this is all online now, so it will be a lot easier for people to do. They can do it whenever they like.
0: You see, I, Anne just gave what I think is a typical psychologist, because Anne's now a psychologist, so she's gone to the, the, the dark That's side. Dark right. yeah. side. And she's given what there was a typical, you know, she now thinks that she can predict, or you know, the research is showing that she can predict who is going to be... Most likely to be influenced or hear things in EVPs. Did I get that right? Mm. I could tell you you that. Well, I could I could probably make the same assumption and Mm. be ninety percent accurate on most of the ghost hunts I go on. on Just looking around the room, Um, I could probably yes but that's
2: <laughs> most of the stuff that i do i've bad. always said psychology a lot of it is proving the obvious that's true but you can only do that by doing the research and going you know what we thought was obvious it actually is obvious yeah, yeah. I, otherwise I, I, I,
0: yeah i agree <laughs> i mean we we've, we've both often said the psychology is the study of the bleeding obvious mm. um, yeah um Yeah. But it just goes to show that, I mean... You see,
2: why did I start doing this, Steve? I started doing this EVP stuff because I was sick to death of the sceptics saying, I'm not even going to bother looking at EVP
0: because
2: it's all rubbish. And you can't make sweeping statements
0: like that, not without backing up. You can if you're a psychologist because they've been getting away with that stuff for (laughs) years. Um, you know, Joe Nicol, Randy, Kieran O'Keefe, others, uh, Richard <laughs> Wiseman. They've been getting away with this BS for years. Where, I mean, infrasound, which is my area of study, again, they you know, uh, they trot out these explanations because they sound good to them. And then they don't really do any consideration of the research or the evidence support what they say they just say it I mean that goes right the way back to the poltergeist idea and this notion um, that poltergeists are predominantly linked to pubescent teenage girls and the statistics just don't demonstrate that at
1: all
2: well the psychologists have actually stated no we're, nev- we're not bothering looking at EVP because we know it doesn't exist and that's yeah, about as bad as saying I know that a small fluffy rabbit that's invisible to everyone else lives on my window ledge because I
1: know and I don't have to prove it. Yeah, sort of like uh, Stephen Arbs.
0: No. No. no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: oh <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not because oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> we watched, I sent Anne a video link earlier this week for a uh, YouTube <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. For a YouTube uh, channel where they were explaining the orb phenomena. Um, and I think Anne's response were if you give them long enough, even an amoeba, what was it, yes. can develop sentience. If we,
2: if we um, accept the theory of evolution, then even an amoeba will develop sentience at some point.
0: <laughs> and yet, you see. We don't subscribe to that view. We subscribe to the idea, and this is essential to parascience, that in, you cannot just say it is because I say so or I believe it is. And so when people were saying that orbs were not paranormal, they were dust, we went out and we conducted and undertook experiments that demonstrated absolutely that they were dust. We developed a hypothesis. We tested the hypothesis. We looked at the results. That's called science. Mm-hmm.
1: But one experiment does not, uh, one study does not make a truth. Um. Uh, really? Really?
0: It does if the study number is high enough and the experiments good enough?
1: Yeah.
2: And has been replicated by other people. That's
0: and has been. It, we, we have watch. replication studies. there are replications absolutely. There are groups in America uh, that have also used the 3D, the 3D stereo cameras um, long after us and uh, claim that they in fact, one group in America did it five years after we did, got exactly the same results that we did, and then tried to copyright it. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Which was That's interesting good for them.
0: They tried to copyright their results..
1: Interesting. Bless them. Bless them. Yes, so anyways, uh, as far as psychology in the end, you made a, an interesting statement that you by through your research, you could tell who would hear EVPs versus those who wouldn't, and then uh, Steve uh, chimed in saying he didn't need a study to do that, he could just look at people and do it, so what is the the difference between uh, what Steve said and you said is it because I'm psychic yeah that's what I'm thinking and no, uh, no, no, I'm know. a scientist <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit country you're rock and roll
0: <laughs> well you've worked with me you know that I have the psychic abilities wrong and the ability to predict things so I mean, it's an easy enough outcome
1: yep
2: in fact, every time I do some research, research before I start it, I always check with Steve and see what he says first because he might, he might just have some inkling into what I'm going
0: to be doing that can help. <laughs> whatever, yeah, whatever. Actually, uh, I, I want to, I want to get back to equipment because Ron asked me a couple of weeks ago and if, because uh, he God. thought a helmet, he thought it would be a really cool thing. Yeah, if, it's going to be. If he could recreate a God Helmet, and I said,
2: well, "Funny my, enough, one well, that's in my bedroom that you, don't <laughs> <say>. <laughs> funny enough."
0: <laughs> so, now we've talked about it on the show, um, but people don't know that later in the year, maybe, maybe there'll be one at Spirit Quest for them to play with. Uh, well, so, actually, actually, be the God Chamber because oh, we're,
1: we're going to up it up. You know, I can't leave things the way they are. Because, to... well,
0: we, we uh, we've been in the God Chamber, haven't we? I've been in Edinburgh. Yes. Um, but what is a god helmet? Oh, gosh. Who are you, you, know,
2: you, <laughs> oh. you know the technical bit about how you built it, and yeah. I can say how, it's how, it, how you. it
0: works. Yeah. Let's start with the effect. We don't want to give away the secrets of building it. They'll all have one. Oh, they'll all have one. They'll all have one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the next go no, <laughs>
2: The idea is that weak complex electromagnetic fields can have an effect on the brain, and particularly over the temporal lobes if you apply these weak complex magnetic electromagnetic fields, then people can start to have apparent paranormal experiences.
1: Oh sort of and like you- pokemon. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. The, it, the, the, big, the big scare, of course, in the United States is, is the brain cancer from uh, EMF from telephones. So we're basically talking the same type of uh, effect here.
0: Sorry, you stung me there. How we got from uh, the god <laughs> to Pokemon Go is... I'm still trying to play catch-up there. <laughs>
1: cell phones, cell phones, EMF. You're yeah, seeing people things. People
2: are using their cell phones all the time.
1: Yeah, and have an been
2: ever since they came out at
0: arm's length. You don't catch a Pokemon length. in your ear. That's true. So it's probably safer to do Pokemon Go electromagnetically speaking.
1: Yes, yes. I, I would agree with you. Anyway. So oh, right. so it, it, there is there's still some uh, research that, that cell phones do cause brink yeah. or do go. Do Cause cancer. There, uh, it, it's not dead. It keeps showing its ugly head. Uh, have you done any research? I mean, you. I mean, well, I shouldn't say you haven't you done any research. You haven't. But you, it, it, your God helmet isn't that the same effect where EMF is is uh, is uh, reacting to your brain or, or uh, causing your brain to react? So,
2: it's, if it it's can affect that, it's causing you to have certain experiences. That doesn't necessarily mean it's giving you cancer. <laughs> I can listen to music and be transported into a very emotional state. That doesn't mean the music's going to give me cancer. Yeah,
0: but according to some churches, it turns you, uh, it opens yeah, you up you, to evil you, entities you. And, and, possession. and possession. Yeah, exactly. You know, you should, if you listen to rock music, you, you know.
1: especially backwards. Well, English, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, EMF, if it can stimulate the brain, therefore you have something that that possibly can cause a reaction to, on the cellular level, causing uh, you know the cells to attack themselves, and therefore cause. There's a
2: difference between an effect that is causing a MAC Macro effect where it's causing your brain to react in a certain way and what you're talking about which is a micro effect within the actual inside the cell cellular level so you can't really say that one is causing the other you would have to look at it far more deeply than that than just say well this causes a macro effect therefore it might be causing this micro effect
1: well, don't you find that in ghost hunting that, that's often those those uh, arguments are often used, that, that you will have a micro effect and then and, and it's carried on to it. Therefore, it's proof that a macro effect is going on or vice versa.
2: That
0: yeah. doesn't oh, mean it's true, though, does it? Doesn't mean it's true. Ah. It's often used, pre- pre- predominantly by both. Uh, I mean, it's predominantly a sceptical argument. You know, they they can explain paras- psychologist, uh, paras-
1: uh, paras- they they psychologists. Parapsychologists. They can
0: explain one small aspect; therefore, the entire. Um, in location or history or, or story behind the haunting or, 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 or people 's experiences is therefore explainable, and that was the case in the Enfield uh, example where for ex- uh, the girls did uh, for certain um, try to trick the investigators but were caught almost instantaneously doing it but that was used by other people as a there you go they they fake that therefore the entire thing is faked. So uh, it's also, uh, it is also used by investigators. Um, you know, they, they tend to take an idea, they read a headline for an idea that electromagnetic uh, energy is linked to paranormal experiences or the creation of paranormal experiences. They never get beyond the headline, um, Depends on which tabloid daily they've read it in. But uh, I would also question the reading level of some of the theorists. But then they, they're over the hills and far away with the idea.
1: So if you, you wanted to become a good researcher, a good paranormal researcher, and you wanted to try to prove some of these uh, theories that are out there, I mean, how would you do this? And this is kind of what we're going to talk next week when, I, when we bring Lloyd Arbrack on the show, and uh, we're going to discuss what a paranormal team kind of training and so forth will need. But uh, I thought we'd touch upon it a little bit. <coughs> well, your first mistake is what you just said.
0: That was go, that? That you go into any environment, any location, intending to prove a theory. To test a theory, not to prove a theory. If you, okay. go, in to, if you go in aiming to prove a theory, you're already biasing your judgment. Right, and, agree. And
1: Yeah, Yeah. Of course, you're always going to be theory. biased Anyways, it's almost impossible to uh, go in... Well, I, 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 don't know. I think it is, and this is
0: this is the unique role that Anne performs inside Parascience and always has done, because she doesn't give re- a crap. No, <laughs> we recognise very early on the the problems of actually investigating it are, are you know, involve people. You're, you're exploring a human experience, but you're using human beings to explore yeah. other people's human experiences. And Anne has had a very interesting role within parascience, uh, almost from, from, from its very inception. Um, a role that, uh, you know, I've mentioned many times on the show, because Anne studies the team as much as the, the, the case itself. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, you
2: have to, segue to know... You have to know how the team are going to react in given situations before Mm -hmm. you can interpret the responses they're giving you. You If you know that someone always gets a bit frightened under certain light conditions, then you you know to take account of that when they're running around shouting, I've seen a ghost. It doesn't mean you (laughs) dismiss what they say, but it means you take the whole thing into account. If five other people are doing the same who don't normally react that way, then you can think, actually, there's something quite big going on here.
0: I mean, that came out very early on in in the formation of the team that that we we realised and realised that people were... There was patterns emerging, weren't there? Certain people were likely to have certain types of experiences uh, their ears would pop or they would, they would have a visual experience uh, some of them were almost profound and quite religious I remember one that, you know, the, the glowing apparition that appeared almost like you know, the Virgin Mary in somebody's living room um, in full sight of several other investigators who saw nothing um, and, and realised the importance of studying the individuals within the team and, you know Made my life a misery with these damn questionnaires (laughs) and belief forms that we had to. uh, I had to give out to people and ensure that they were all filled in. Looking at our own beliefs, our own expectations, our own uh, interpretation of uh, our experiences in order to
2: something as simple as someone writing on a report sheet. I heard a bit of a creak. Well, if you know the person, you know. They might be very, very, very sceptical, and actually, a bit of a creak from them is probably the four horsemen galloping past. <laughs> whereas somebody else might say, "I saw a full figure apparition," whereas really it was probably a bit of a creak because they, they exaggerate things. So it's not it's not to dismiss what people are reporting to you; it's to aid in interpreting what they're important to in the context of
0: everything else also we learned that language is very important and uh, trying to get the information from the investigators we tried written notes we tried you know having them do uh, audio and video diaries um because we realized again um that that language and the way people describe their experiences with significant and different from person to person, you know, the, this idea of, I heard a body, it sounded like a body being dragged, or it was like walking into the freezer, were were really people trying to convey the nature of the experience rather than the actuality of the experience.
1: And, and you, uh, you know, you made, Anne made up a point in that, and that, it, you know, even the words you choose, it, it's difficult, but I, I think you, you, you need really standard terms for d- describing different noises. For instance, as Ian said, uh, one might hear, hear it as a four, four publiclets running across the floor, and the other one is, is a bit of a creak. How do you differ, differentiate, yeah, differentiate from, between the two uh, with, with the people on your team?
2: What's the importance of having a number of team members and having people of all different beliefs and abilities within that team, because you're trying to get the commonality between those described experiences.
1: Mm-hmm. Which makes it's- sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, I think and do you, possibly even unique in the in the respect that whilst my role within Parasite is to make sure that the investigation runs successfully, Anne's role is to investigate the investigators. I don't think there's, I don't know of another team that does that. No, I, I,
1: I've never heard of it before. And I assume you apply that same same uh, study to to the client or, or whoever the witnesses, other than your team members as well.
2: Yes, but you, you've obviously got to be a bit careful with the client you've got to be sensitive and you don't want to just go in and go, Right, I'm now going to ask you a whole load of questions about whether you're mad taking drugs or whatever. You know, that's <laughs> counterproductive obviously. So
1: Right. Did you, you, know. you vote for uh, EU or uh, not? That's that's the first question you were asking. Right? I
0: had a, I had a rank who thought he was Saint Jerome.
1: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So uh, we are coming down to the end of the show. Is there anything else you would like to uh, bring out before we, we do say goodbye?
2: Parascience.org.uk. Go to the web page and you'll see about the study. Uh, and Please, please, please join in and help me out.
1: Okay. And please
0: note it's the .org.uk that's important because there is an American
1: parascience.org who are all a bit crazy and have nothing to do with us. Why they fill out a, a questionnaire and you you you've, uh, found that out or no? We've looked at their website. Uh, we've noticed, I mean, they've been around for a
0: good few years now, um, and we, we we sometimes do get muddled up with them. People get mistaken uh, and they type in parascience.org and miss out the dot the dot uk. Mm-hmm. At least we do have to put it with dot eu.
1: And there's the bell. So, anyways. Uh, if someone's, st- are, are you still taking cases, uh, parascience? Oh gosh, yes.
2: Yes, yeah.
1: So if somebody had, uh, some creaking boards in their house or uh, floating ectoplasmic mist, they should contact parascience? And... I'd
2: be more interested in floating ectoplasmic mist than if their floorboards are creaky,
0: to be honest. <laughs> but. Or, a f- or a full, a full, uh, appar- a full torso class okay. five. I mean, we haven't done a full torso class five for well, it must be a good couple of years now. Must mm, we? Um, you know, we they're, they're actually quite rare. Um, you know, as in, in the documentary, um, you know, we've probably only encountered them once every two to three years mm. at that level.
2: Is that yeah.
0: yeah? And the last one, of course, was the famous sock throwing ghost of Rock Ferry.
2: Indeed.
1: Oh, I remember that. That was uh, an interesting case. Uh, I remember you guys talking about that on the it show. It was very,
0: very traumatic. It did take us some time to to before we could, you know, we could speak publicly about the sock throwing ghost. Mm, that's tonight. why You should. I mean, there was so, a demonic there was a demonic element in that one as well.
1: So anyway, Steve will be coming over here in September, which is not that far away now, and uh, he'll be joining us at Spirit Quest and a couple other interesting things. I've got. Uh, and it works for him so uh, if you want to see Steve here in the US uh, check out the website neghostproject.com the letter N, the letter E ghostproject.com there's no UK on that one and we're going to start
0: crowdfunding to get Anne there so if you want Anne <laughs> to go instead of me yep. uh, go, go into the chat
1: room and vote for Anne <laughs> oh god that would be interesting
2: <laughs> he's frightened you frightened him
1: <laughs> you did you absolutely did I mean it would take us a week just to fill out the paperwork it would it before would. we could do it anything would,
0: yeah the admission the admission procedures to Spirit Quest would take probably most of the weekend by the time you got through the questionnaires that's the way I figured it
1: yeah, anyways that's the music so we gotta go And thank you so much uh, that's and, and Winsper has been our guest today, Steve Paz and Ron Kolick. We'll see you next week when Lloyd Auerbach joins us, and we'll tell you how to do a proper team. So there you go.
0: To ghosties, long legged beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good
2: Lord. Secret cuisine.